Over the last several weeks, while I've been out in different parts of the country, I've had a number of people ask me to pray for their families, for them and their families and their children. And it happened so uh, often, so many times over the last several weeks, that the Lord impressed upon me to share a word this morning. And some of it will be basic, elementary, some of it you know. Um, But we need to stand in faith for our families. Satan is no respecter of persons. (laughs) He'll attack an adult. He'll attack a child. Amen. He has no regard for life. He's out to kill, steal, and destroy. But we don't have to sit by and let it happen. We have authority. Look at your neighbor and say, I have authority over the devil. Now, the prophetic word which the Lord has given us for 2018, as you know, he said it would be days of glory, days of flourishing, and days of abounding. Days of glory would mean that there will be days of manifestations of his presence, manifestations of his power, and manifestations of his goodness. Lift your hands right now and say, I receive that. that. And then days of flourishing would mean days of prosperity, days of plenty, days of thriving, and a word that we don't use too often, days of booming, (laughs) which would imply Yielding profitable gain. Hallelujah. I mean, remember those days of the oil boom, the gas booms, all those. You know, that's what they called it out there. Boy, it's booming, you know. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm supposed to be booming. (laughs) Say, I'm supposed to yield profitable gain. I like profitable gain. How about you? You know, I have have investments and... uh, uh, I love it when I get a report and they just keep climbing, just keep climbing, just keep yielding profitable gain, praise God. Amen. And then days of abounding would mean abundance and overflow. Look at somebody and say, I'm supposed to be in the overflow. These are all characteristics of the blessing of God on a person's life. Every one of those things I just listed, they're all characteristics of the blessing of God on a person's life. Now go with me to Proverbs chapter 10 for a moment. Proverbs chapter 10. I want to talk about the blessing on you and your family. Proverbs 10. And look at verse 22. The blessing of the Lord maketh rich. And he addeth no sorrow with it. The blessing of the Lord. What will it do? It'll make a person rich. In Deuteronomy it says, uh, God says, I give thee power to get wealth. And that power is the blessing. Amen. There's nothing wrong with wealth. Nothing wrong with being rich. It's just how you use it. Do you control it or it control you? Well, I wouldn't know, Brother Jerry. I've never been rich. Never been wealthy. Well, the potential is there. If the Bible's true, then the potential is there. Can you say amen? Amen. Say, I have the potential. potential. 
to be rich and to even be wealthy. Now that, that doesn't make any, it doesn't make any difference how your family has lived, how your ancestors have lived. It has everything to do with your believing it and, and appropriating it. <clears throat> Can you say amen? I'm, as far as I know, I'm the most blessed person in the Savelle family. That's what one of my great aunts told me. Before she died, she said to my dad, she said, I want to meet Jerry Jr. I want to tell him something. She studied the family tree as far back as, as she could trace it. And when I met her, and I had never met her growing up, but I knew she lived down in Florida. Uh, I knew she had been what my dad used to say, an old maid school teacher. <laughs> She'd never married, you know, and, and uh and she'd studied the family tree and she was a, a teacher in the Seventh-day Adventist church. And uh, when I met her, she said, I just wanted to tell you before I went home to be with the Lord that I've studied the family tree and there's never been a Savelle who lives like you. I said, well, what do you mean? She said, well, they didn't know what you know. Amen. I thought, thank you, Lord, for sharing that with me. Praise God. Amen. Now, I didn't come from a wealthy background. I didn't come from a rich background. My, my grandparents, where I was born in Mississippi on a farm, uh, they, they got by. Uh, my dad was raised on that farm. My grandfather bought that farm in 1927, and he worked hard to keep it, particularly during the Depression, two years after he started buying the land, and he bought it just a few acres at a time. And uh, during the Depression, it was hard to hold on to because he was, he was paying notes on it, you know. And, uh, and I, I went to the courthouse uh, right after uh, my dad passed away. And uh, I went to the courthouse in Vicksburg, Mississippi and got all the records of when my grandfather bought that place. And it had every uh, transaction in there, in those, in those record books of what he went, uh, how he bought that land. We wound up with about 86 acres that he farmed and raised cattle and hogs and everything. And, uh, but it started out as just, you know, here a few acres and there a few acres. And he, he'd be able to talk to some of the owners of the land around him and, and tell them he'd promise to, you know, pay X amount of dollars until he got it paid for. And, uh, Back then, you know, they, they, didn't, they didn't sign papers. They didn't have a lawyer. They just shook hands. That was the, how they entered into a contract. And, and that's what my grandfather did. And, and I'd, I saw the note when it was paid off, you know, and then he'd, he'd get a few extra dollars by selling cattle or, or hogs or something, you know, and, and he'd buy a few more acres. And then later it reminded me of how... I, got all this. When I first came to Crowley, Carol and I bought five acres. And it was an old wood frame house that was built in 1946. And the man and the woman who lived in that little house, uh, they'd raised their children there. He was now 80 years old. And uh, their children were grown and gone. And, and uh, the five acres got too much for them to take care of. And so we came by right at the right time. And uh, 
offered to buy it from him. In fact, he didn't even have a for sale sign on it. Carolyn and her mother just driving by and they saw the place and knocked on the door and said, uh, she's, my mother-in-law said, my, son, my son-in-law wants to buy this place. He said, well, I've never thought about selling it. She said, well, pray about it. He'd like to buy it. I hadn't even seen it yet, but I just told him, go give me some land out in the country. I'm a country boy. I don't like living in the city, you know, and I want my space. And so it just started with five acres. And uh, so he agreed to sell it to me. So we had a place that we sold and then I took the cash and paid cash for that five acres and that little wood frame house. And then Carolyn's dad and, and uh, her uncles, they were all builders and they all came and started adding on to it and remodeling it. And, and uh, then we wound up with uh, a house that had about 3,000 square feet. It started out as 1,200 square feet. And uh, you had to run the rats away to <laughs> sleep in it at night, you know, when we bought it. And uh, they wound up with about 3,000 square feet. Then we built some horse stables. Then we built a barn and... And uh, I'm in my element, hallelujah. (laughs) I'm a country boy. And then the Lord began to open up opportunities. In fact, he told me, he said, I want you to buy up all the land you can get your hands on. And so that's what I focused on. It's just buying land. And uh, eventually we we, uh, bought this place uh, that this little Baptist church was on and uh, had about 10 acres with it. So we bought the church and 10 acres. And then uh, there was another 20 acres behind it. We bought those 20 acres. Then there was 20 acres on the right-hand side. We bought those 20 acres. Then there was 20 acres on the left-hand side. We bought those 20 acres. So there's 80 acres right here on this campus. And then the Lord opened up for me to buy 102 acres right across from my house. Of course, we tore the house down and, and, and built offices over there. And then we built our house next door. And, and, and now, you know, we have about 200 acres out here. I thought of my grandfather. That's the way he started out, you know. Amen. And, uh, but, but Grandpa, he was, uh, he was a wonderful man. I loved him just like, you know, most boys love their grandfather. I loved being with my grandfather. And even when we moved from Mississippi to Shreveport, Louisiana, I'd spend uh, a lot of my summers back on the farm in Mississippi. And uh, Grandpa kept my horse over there. I couldn't bring it to Shreveport, you know, so he kept it in Mississippi. And when he knew I was coming, he'd have that horse tied to the porch. As soon as I got out of the car and hugged everybody and ate that good country meal that Grandma had ready for me, I got on my horse and I didn't come back till dark. Just rode all over the place, you know. And uh, I, I loved it. But Grandpa... He was what you would call a miser. You know, he'd he'd drive all over town to save a penny. I said, Grandpa, we've been to three stores now. And so far you've saved 10 cents. But we spent more than that on gas. You know, and he'd just just shop around to get the best price, you know. And and, uh, he hid his money. He didn't, he didn't trust banks. Uh, he hid his money all over the farm. When I found that out, I became a treasure hunter. Praise God. 
I've found it everywhere. I've found it under Bell's hay. I found it in the old Model A pickup under the seat. I, I found it on the linoleum rug in the, in the kitchen. I found it between the bed springs, bet- laying between newspapers in the bed spring. In fact, when, when I sold that property after my family had passed away and I inherited it, when I sold that property, I thought, I shouldn't have sold that. There's still money buried on that place that I never located, you know. But, uh, you know, Grandpa didn't know, he didn't know anything about the blessing. You know, my folks, my mom and dad, they didn't know anything about the blessing until they moved here and went to work with me and, and began to hear me teach about it. But growing up, we didn't know anything about the blessing. In the little Baptist church, country Baptist church that I went to when I was a little boy, I don't remember hearing one sermon about the blessing. He may have preached it, but I don't remember it. If he did, and we went to church every Sunday, you know, the church just down the road from us. Sometimes I even walked down, I rode my bicycle, or, or then got older and rode my motor scooter down there. Then finally drove my 57 Chevrolet down there and leave early. When mama didn't know it, and I'd ride around showing off in my 57 Chevy, you know. <laughs> Sometimes they'd ride down there with me, and, and I was supposed to bring them back home. And when church was out, they couldn't find me. <laughs> I, I was off showing out in my 57 Chevy, you know, and mom and dad have to walk home. And <laughs> I said, where you been, boy? Uh, well, I went back to the church looking for you. Well, we've been waiting on you. I noticed nobody was at the church. I'd been gone so long, you know. <laughs> But we didn't grow up knowing anything about the blessing. I never heard about the blessing until 1969 when I heard a sermon by Kenneth Copeland. The blessing of Abraham is ours. And boy, that was life-changing. So notice here, it says that the blessing of the Lord maketh rich. The blessing of the Lord will make a person rich. Now, all God requires is this. Make sure you give him credit for it. Remember the Lord thy God. It's he that giveth thee the power to get wealth. Don't go around saying I'm a self-made man. Look what I've done. You know, I'm so brilliant. I'm so smart. Well, you've heard me say it before. You wouldn't even have a brain if it wasn't for God. Amen. So give him all the credit for the blessing. Give him the credit for good things happening in your life. Amen. And if you'll give him the credit, then it will be unceasing. It'll just keep flowing, praise God. Can you say amen? The message translation says, God's blessing makes life rich. Makes life rich. And then it goes on to say, and nothing we do, nothing we can do can improve on God. I love that. Nothing we can do can improve on God. So what I want you to see today is that the blessing belongs to you and to your children. Amen. Now go with me to book of Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. You're familiar with this, and most of what I say this morning you will be familiar with, but it doesn't hurt to get refreshed. Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, 
and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And uh, for this, for the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Now notice here that God seems to emphasize the fact that not only is the blessing and the promise for us, but he also includes our children. Yes. Amen. Yes, sir. Don't forget that the blessing belongs to your children. Yes. You know, uh, of course, most of you know, I have two daughters and um, they certainly have not been perfect all their life like their dad, but uh, <laughs> no, I wasn't perfect either. And I'm still working on perfection. And they, you know, they made mistakes growing up. They've made mistakes even in their young adult life. And, uh, but Carolyn and I never stopped confessing over them that they would always serve the Lord, that they would always honor God, that even when they were in their troubled times, they'd never forget what their parents taught them and the, the life that we lived before them. We've endeavored to be a good example to them. In fact, both our our girls grew up saying, Daddy, we hope we have a marriage like you and Mama. You know, and and of course, you know, that didn't always work out for them. But nevertheless, they never gave up on God. Now, they gave up on themselves from time to time. But hanging around me, I am not going to let you do that. Sometimes I just take them and shake them and say, uh, you're a surveil. You're not a quitter. You understand? You're not a quitter. We don't believe in quitting. We don't believe in giving up. We don't believe in throwing in the towel. We, we having done all to stand, we stand. So just determine right now, you're going to keep standing. You're going to keep going forward. Amen. You know, I had, had to remind them from time to time that uh, David, even though he was a man after God's own heart, he blew it big time. He sinned, but he was quick to repent. And in the book of Acts, it says, and David fulfilled the will of God in his lifetime. So there's always hope. No matter how many times you mess up, no matter how many times your children mess up, don't ever give up on God. Don't ever give up on his pr- word. Don't ever give up on the promise and don't ever give up on the blessing. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? amen. Say with me, I will not, I will not give, up on God give up on God where my family is concerned. Family is concerned. Amen. amen. Now, if they're not saved, they will be. Hallelujah. It's just their tough luck. They were born in your family. <laughs> They can't run. They can't hide. Amen. And sometimes, you know, I don't care how uh, uh, spiritual you are and, and endeavor to teach them godly principles. Sometimes they, you know, they like Ford Motor Company used to say, their slogan was, Ford has a better idea. Sometimes they think they have a better idea. And even when they walk away from everything you've endeavored to teach them, I hold forth the promise. Number one, that no weapon formed against me or my children will prosper. Amen. 
and when they are old. (laughs) And as they get older and when they become old, they will not turn from the things of God. They will return to their foundation, praise God. Can you say amen? amen? Look at somebody and tell them, I will never give up on my children. Hallelujah. Amen. So if you've made Jesus the Lord of your life, then this promise is not only for you, but it's also for your children. Can you say amen? Amen. Not when they get to heaven, will they be blessed? God wants them blessed right now. Say right now. Say devil, hear me right now. Amen. You believe it? Give the Lord a shout. Praise God. All right, now, let's, let's go back to where God established covenant with Abraham. And the Bible says that one of the reasons why, one of the major reasons why he established this covenant with Abraham is because he knew he would teach and train his children. That's right. Amen. Amen. Look at Genesis chapter 12, beginning in verse 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless you as well. So notice here, God says, I will bless you. And you've heard me say this before. One of the meanings of the word bless is to empower, to prosper. It means to excel. It means to multiply. It means to increase. It means to rise above what holds others back and holds others down. That's what it means to be blessed. We can see this blessing working in Abraham's life as early as the next chapter. Look at chapter 13 of Genesis, verse two. And Abram was very rich in cattle, in silver and in gold. I like to say it took Abraham one chapter to experience the manifestation of the blessing. How many chapters is it gonna take you? (laughs) Amen. One chapter and we see the blessing already working. He was rich in cattle, rich in silver and in gold. Now, I want to make this statement right at the front before we get any further. I am not reading from First Jerry. I'm reading from Genesis. Amen. Now, Jerry believes it, but this is not what Jerry thinks. This is what God thinks. And I happen to agree with him. Praise God. Amen. So notice Abraham was very rich in cattle, in silver, and in gold. Can you say amen? Amen. By the time that Abraham had become an old man, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 24, look at verse 1. And Abraham was old and was well stricken in age. And the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. The message translation says, in every way. That's the reason why I never, I never uh, have a problem with getting older. 
I'll be 72 this year. Hallelujah. And I'm already looking forward to 75. <laughs> Carolyn thinks I've lost my mind, but I haven't. I mean, after my birthday, I already start talking about the next year's birthday. I look forward to getting older. Now, I still got my strength, still got my health. God's done a miracle on me. I'm a walking miracle, praise God. And I believe I've got many more years, hallelujah. But as I keep getting older, I keep expecting even more blessings from the Lord. They don't stop unless you stop them when you get older. Amen. Amen. I'm not looking for a rocking chair on the front porch unless I want to sit in a rocking chair on the front porch. <laughs> Amen. I'm not, I'm not uh, uh, going around saying while I'm getting older, my mind's slipping. I'm not saying that. Amen. I can still read at 72. I got 2020 vision. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. When I went to get my driver's license uh, renewed back a number of years ago, uh, my, my eyesight was not as good as it is now. And, and the doctor said, anybody that flies as much, and I was flying, you know, my own plane back then. And he said, as much, anybody that flies as much as you do, drives as much as you do, reads as much as you do, you can expect this. And so I, I wind up having to wear glasses to drive, to see distance, to ride a motorcycle, to drive a car. Uh, you know, when you're getting ready to land and you can't see the airport, <laughs> that's bad. <laughs> I, was, I was flying back from Oklahoma City one night and uh, I, was, I kept my plane out at Meacham Field. And uh, I could see the lights of Fort Worth, you know. I mean, I started seeing the lights of Dallas uh, way back up the road, you know, and, and, and then I'm coming into Fort Worth and, and the air traffic controller telling me I'm clear to land. And I had my, my, uh, I hired my flight instructor to fly with me back in those days so I could log the time and, and still be in training. And Charlie Burns was my flight instructor and Charlie sitting on the right side. And, uh, I said, Charlie, now it's, it's about midnight. I said, Charlie, do you see the airport? He said, yeah, I see the airport. I said, where is it? All I can see is lights. And we were still quite a distance, but we'd been approved to, on a, uh, to make a final approach and so forth. And I couldn't see the runway. And so uh, Charlie had to help guide me down. When I got closer, I could see it, but it was blurry. And so a friend of mine up in Tennessee who was a eye doctor and he also pastored a church, uh, I was going there on my next trip. And so he examined me and he said, yeah, you need glasses. And so when I went to take my driver's test, you know, I couldn't read the, the chart there. So they said, you have glasses? I said, yes. He said, well, put them on. Well, I could read everything then, you know. So I had to, I had to wear glasses. It was on my license that, you know, that restriction I had to wear glasses to drive or ride a motorcycle or whatever for distance. But then one day, a few years ago, I put on my glasses to drive somewhere and everything was blurry. So I cleaned my glasses, put them back on and still everything's blurry. 
I took them home and I could read the signs way down the road. I could, I could read everything. I said, Carolyn, I think my eyesight's improved. She said, really? I said, yeah, I can't read with these glasses on. It's blurry, but I can read with them off. And so it came time to go renew my driver's license again. And so uh, I left the glasses in the car. And when I went up there, you know, to look through the charts, she said, where's your glasses? I said, I left them in the car. She said, well, you have a restriction. You have to wear glasses. I said, give me the test. (laughs) I looked at those and I, I read off everything she wanted me to read. And she said, wait a minute, something's wrong. And she took the thing out and wiped it and cleaned it and everything and put it back here and said, read again. Read that line lower than that. I read it. She said, move over to this other machine. <laughs> I read everything. She said, well, that beats anything, everything I've, I've ever seen. She said, you don't need glasses anymore. I said, that's what I'm trying to tell you, lady. And so she gave me a license with no restrictions, praise God. <laughs> Amen. So we don't have to accept what the world says we have to accept when we get older. Amen. Amen. Praise God. My, my dad... Uh, at 72, uh, he used to ride motorcycles with me all over the place. And, and I got to notice in one trip that, uh, he was kind of weaving and, and so forth. And every time we'd stop, it's hard for him to hold the bike up. I said, dad, you don't, you don't need to be riding right now. And, uh, and I was going to buy him a trike so he could keep riding with me, but he went home to be with the Lord before we could do that. But I don't have, I don't have any problem. I can hold that bike up, praise God. I can ride with somebody on the back of it. I can see, hallelujah, glory to God. And I can ride in rain a hundred miles, hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. I give all the glory to God. Amen. So notice when Abraham had become old, I don't don't particularly like this phrase, stricken with age, But anyway, when he got old, the Bible says that God had blessed him in all things. And once again, the message translation says in every way. But it didn't end with Abraham because God promised that not only the blessing would be on his life, but on his children and his children's children, his seed. Everybody say Abraham's seed. Now that means that it went beyond Isaac because it included Isaac's seed. And then it included Jacob's seed and right on down the line until the apostle Paul says, and if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed? Somebody shout, I'm the seed of Abraham. Hallelujah. So this promise was not only to Abraham, but his children. So I want to encourage you uh, as you decree the blessing of God over your life, include your children. Continue to speak it over your children. Now, both of my children today are are experiencing the blessing of God. They're both in full-time ministry. Uh, God's blessing their ministries. Uh, Not only I'm a television preacher, but Terry's a television preacher. And Jerry Ann's program and uh, Jerry and and, uh, Kelly Copeland uh, have come together to do a special program. And it starts airing next month on the Believer's Voice Victory Network. Amen. They're blessed. I said, my children are blessed. Hallelujah. So don't, don't 
forget to include your children when you are decreeing the blessing of God over your life, no matter how old they are. You just tell the devil, hey, you don't have any right to put your hands on my children. You don't have any right to put your hands on their marriage. You don't have any right to put your hands on their children's children. You know, I'm, I'm hoping for long I'll be a great grandfather. I'm telling the married ones, let's get with the program now. I'm ready to be a great grandfather. Hallelujah. I've, I've been such a wonderful grandfather. What do you suppose I'll be as a great grandfather? Hallelujah. Amen. Now, look at Genesis chapter 17. Genesis chapter 17. And look at verse 6. And I will make thee exceeding fruitful, and I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. And I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. Now notice God keeps including Abraham's seed, his offspring. Look at your neighbor and say, my offspring have just as much right to be blessed of God as I do. And I have just as much right to be blessed of God as Abraham did. Do you believe that? Praise God. Amen. Now, if you keep reading, go to Genesis chapter 26. You're going to see that it worked in Isaac's life, just like it did in his father's life. In verse 1, Genesis 26, And there was a famine in the land, beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went unto Abimelech, king of the Philistines, unto Gerar. And the Lord appeared unto him and said, Go not down into Egypt, dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with thee, and will bless thee, for unto thee and unto thy seed. Now notice, this is the way he talked to Abraham. He talked to Abraham, and he included his seed. Now he's talking to Isaac, and he's including his seed. He said, I will give all these countries, and I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father. Hallelujah. Notice God is keeping covenant not only with Abraham, but Abraham's offspring and his offspring's offspring. Can you say amen? amen? Why? Because they're all considered the seed of Abraham. And if you and I are considered the seed of Abraham, then we have just as much right to expect to experience the blessing in our life as they did. Hallelujah. It did not end you know, when all the uh, early disciples passed away. Praise God. We're the seed of Abraham in our generation. Say, I'm the seed of Abraham in my generation. And I have every right to expect to be blessed. As well as my children. Can you say amen? Now, look at verse 12. Then Isaac sowed in that land. And received in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. And the man waxed great, and went forward, and grew until he became very great. 
for he had possession of flocks and possession of herds and great store of servants. And the Philistines envied him. The message translation says, the man got richer and richer by the day until he became very wealthy. Hallelujah. Richer and richer by the day. Oh, but that couldn't happen to us, Brother Jerry, because of the times we live in. And, and you know, uh, sometimes the economy gets bad. And sometimes we, we have depressions and, and so forth. Wait a minute. This happened to Isaac in a famine. During a famine. And a famine in Isaac's day was like bad economy in our day. What, what are you going to... How are you going to take care of all these cattle, sheep, and herds in a famine? They start dying off. They don't get anything to eat and they don't get anything to drink. That affects your personal assets. Amen. So even though we may not call it a famine, bad economy or recession or whatever, the blessing will still work in your life and in your children's life. If you dare believe it, praise God. It's like that time, and you've heard me tell the story, but it's my sermon. I won't tell it again. <clears throat> when, when we were flying to uh, Tanzania, and I, I was taking the, my TV crew with me so we could film the Crusades. And uh, Terry was working for me at that time, and, and uh, I, uh, Isaiah shook, and, and Jesse shook, and and uh, they were all part of the TV crew. And we flew uh, from DFW to Amsterdam. And then Amsterdam into Kilimanjaro. And uh, when I got on the plane out here at DFW, and there's a big jumbo jet, you know, I took my seat. And there was a gentleman sat next to me by the window. I don't know him. He doesn't know me. We just shook hands and said, how you doing? And so forth. Just some, you know, small talk, greetings, so forth. And uh, the flight attendant come by with a little card and she was giving everybody a newspaper. So I I asked for USA Today. I think he took a Wall Street Journal. So we're just sitting there and they took off and, you know, we've reached our cruising altitude and people are getting up and walking, going to the laboratory and so forth. And, And so I'm reading this article in USA Today. And this was in 2008 when the economy was bad, okay? And uh, it had an article about all these nonprofit organizations saying that their, their uh, funds and their donations were down terribly. And they interviewed several well-known ministries and several organizations like Red Cross and American Way. Uh, uh, what is it? Not American Way. Uh, no, yeah, United Way, yeah. And, and several large organizations, you know, and they were talking about how uh, deeply they were hurting because the donations were down. And I'm reading this, and I just forgot as I was reading that I wasn't on my own airplane. And I just shouted out loud, this does not affect me. And the guy next to me jumped and said, what, what? I said, I'm sorry. I forgot where I was. He said, where'd you think you were? I said, on my own airplane. He said, oh. He said, well, what doesn't affect you? I showed him this article. 
and he read it. He said, well, why do you think that won't affect you? I said, well, I have a covenant with God. I have a nonprofit organization and uh, I don't believe it's going to affect my organization. He said, well, it affected these organizations. Why wouldn't it affect yours? I said, because I have a covenant with God. I have the blessing of God. He said, well, what makes you better than them? I said, I'm not saying I'm any better than them. I just know my covenant. And I'm, I am not going to be affected by this. He said, well, and he got mad at me. <laughs> he, he got mad because I wouldn't join the recession. And he didn't speak to me again. Now we flew eight hours to Amsterdam, eight, nine hours, almost 10 hours. And he didn't open his mouth to me. Every once in a while, he just looked at me with this hateful look. He got, he got upset because I wouldn't join what was happening in the world. And so uh, when we got up to get our briefcase and luggage overhead, you know, he just looked at me and said this word, whatever, and then walked off. And so when we got to Tanzania, the next morning, Terry went into the little office at the place where we were staying because they had uh, computers up there. She said, Daddy, you want to go with me see if there's any emails from the office back home? I said, sure. So we went in and uh, uh, Carol Thurman was our accountant at the time. And uh, Carol sent a message to Terry and said, uh, Terry, I know you and your, your dad and the team are going to have great meetings there. And I just wanted to send you an email and tell your dad we got one of the largest offerings in the mail right after he left. Uh, and it's one of the largest offerings we've ever received uh, during this period of time, during this time of the year. And she told us how much it was a good offering. Praise God. I just wanted to find that man. <laughs> And I just want to say one word, whatever. <laughs> Amen. Now, I'm not saying that I've not had financial attacks. I have, just like everybody else does. But I don't let the attack be final authority. Amen. So the blessing of the Lord will work even in a famine. It'll work even in bad economy. It'll work in recession. Notice the key was God told Isaac, and apparently he might have been considering it, don't go to Egypt. Stay right where I tell you, and I'll be with you, and I'll bless you. Now, apparently, obedience to God has a big role to play in whether you rise or fall. Amen. Well, I don't see any days of glory. I don't see any days of flourishing. I don't see any days of of, uh, abounding. I believe I'll go to another church. (laughs) Well, that other church might be Egypt. And now you've got out from under the covering of God. Amen. I can say these things, Justin. I'm founder. Now you get out from under the covering of God. Amen. Another church, because you get upset that it's not working, 
That could be Egypt to you. Okay, moving right along. I'm not, <laughs> not getting a whole lot of response from that. But obedience is a key. It is a vital key. Can you say amen? amen? The message says, the man got richer and richer by the day until he became very wealthy. The Amplified says, the man became very great and gained more and more until he became very wealthy and distinguished. Amen. Now, today, if a believer becomes wealthy and distinguished, he winds up on CNN. Amen. Uh, if he's believing God for an airplane, <laughs> he not only gets crucified by the world, he gets crucified by the church. Come on. Amen. I called Jesse when all that stuff came out on him about his airplane, you know, and, and they just lied. He very, made it very clear when he did that presentation to his partners. Now here's the airplane, our first airplane. And here's the second airplane. And then here's the third airplane. And they're all in, in other ministries now. Here's the one we're believing for. And what did the press do? He has four airplanes. <laughs> he didn't say that. He's clearly said, that's the one we used to have. That was our first one. Here's the one we went to after that. And they're all in another ministry now. And this is what we're believing for. And they tried to crucify him. I called Jesse when I saw that. I said, Jesse, do you remember that movie, A Few Good Men? He said, yeah. I said, you remember that line that Jack Nicholson said, you don't mess with the wrong Marine. I said, they don't mess with the wrong televangelist. And I sent him an offering, praise God. I said, if they're messing with you that badly, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get in on what God's going to do with you. I'm going to send you an offering, hallelujah. Put it toward that airplane. Praise God. Amen. So the blessing will work for you and your family no matter what's happening around you. Can you say amen? amen. Now, go to Genesis chapter 28. Genesis chapter 28. Verse 1, and Isaac called Jacob and blessed him. Verses 3 and 4. And God Almighty bless thee and make thee fruitful and multiply thee. And give thee the blessing of Abraham to thee and to thy seed. Now, Abraham passed the blessing on to Isaac. Isaac's passing it on to Jacob. And Jacob is, is now being told, and it's going to your seed as well. So it just keeps coming right down the line. Can you say amen? amen? Genesis chapter 30, verses 27 and verse 30. It says, and the man increased exceedingly. Later, Jacob testifies to the blessing of God on his life and says in Genesis thirty-three eleven, God hath dealt graciously with me and I have enough. The message translation says, God has been good to me and I have more than enough. God has been good to me. And I have more than enough. And if you keep reading, this is the same testimony that Joseph had, that Joshua had, that David had, and right on down the line. And the Apostle Paul picks up on this, as I mentioned earlier, 
and tells us in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 29, and if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Lift your hand and say, I'm an heir according to the promise. I'm supposed to be blessed and also my children. I receive it and give the Lord a shout. Hallelujah. Amen. The message translation says, heirs according to the covenant promise. And what is the covenant promise? To be blessed, to excel, to prosper, to multiply, and to increase. Not only you, but also your family. Go with me to Psalm 115. Psalm 115. Don't just sit by and allow your devil to allow the devil to destroy your family. Amen. We have we have rights and privileges as covenant people. Verse 12. The Lord hath been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. That's all talking about covenant people. God blesses covenant people. Say, I'm one of God's covenant people. Verse 13, he will bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great. That means you don't have to become a world-renowned preacher. You can be a housewife. You can work uh, at the service station. You can work at the 7-Eleven. If you believe for the blessing of God, you'll wind up owning (laughs) 7-Elevens. If that's what you desire, praise God. God will bless you. Amen. He will bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great. The Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say, I'm supposed to increase. increase. More and more. More more. Tell somebody, I haven't seen seen all the increase increase that's coming my way. More and more. More and more more is God's promise to me. And my children. Give the Lord another good shout. Hallelujah. Amen. You are blessed to the Lord, which made heaven and earth. So I encourage you, start decreeing this over yourself and over your children every day. That my my house is under the covenant of God. My children are under the covenant of God. We're, we're blessed of God. Increase comes our way more and more. In the, in the very next Psalm, uh, David gives us this great principle, Psalm 116, verse 10. I believe, therefore have I, and ha- therefore have I spoken. I believed, therefore have I spoken. Whatever you truly believe should be coming out of your mouth. Amen? Whatever you truly believe should be coming out of your mouth. And if you truly believe this and it's in your heart in abundance, then you will not be able to keep it from coming out of your mouth. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Can you say amen? Amen. So say it with me right now. I believe, believe, therefore I speak. speak. And I believe believe that I'm blessed. blessed. My children are blessed. In Jesus' name. Amen. I believe, therefore have I spoken. Now, Paul adds to this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. 
He says, we having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Notice the principle is the same from David to Paul. In other words, the principle has not changed. We speak what we believe. We speak what we believe. Speaking God's word over yourself and your family is an important principle of releasing your faith. Job 22. Go there with me quickly. Job 22. Are you receiving? Job 22 and verse 28. Thou shalt also decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee, and the light shall shine upon thy ways. Uh, Another translation says, and the light of God's favor shall shine upon your ways. But notice it all begins with decreeing what God has said. Thou shalt also decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee. The word established means to set, firmly fixed, ratified, and confirmed. In the literal Hebrew, it means if you keep saying it enough, eventually it will become a common occurrence in your life. Amen? The message translation says, you decide what you want and decree it. The Amplified says, you shall decide and decree. Now, you have to come to the place where you make a decision. If God's word says, I'm supposed to be blessed, then I decide to be blessed. If God's word says that I'm to be blessed and my children, then I decide I will be blessed and my children. That's what Carolyn and I have done. And hey, we've had many times where we could not be moved by what we saw. Amen. You know, God's not going to allow you to usurp authority over their will, but you can stand in the gap for them. (laughs) Amen. I don't care if they're out running with the devil. You can stand in the gap. And, And folks, listen, if there's anybody the devil wants more it's ministers' children. Why? Because he thinks if he can get those children living ungodly lives, it will be a, a, a black eye on the ministry. Jerry said to me one time, Daddy, I'm so sorry that I've brought you know, shame on your ministry. I said, Jerry, listen to me. There is nobody that can bring shame on my ministry. Not you, not Terry, not anybody. I would have to do it. Amen. Not only that, my ministry is not a building. My ministry is not a television. Those are outward reflections of my calling. My ministry is in here. Amen. And I'm not going to do anything to bring shame on it because I thank God every day that he trusted me and called me into this ministry. And he did so when I didn't care a thing about him. I was running just as hard and fast from him as I possibly could. I I, I was telling some people in the uh, rally this past week, 
that in 1965, early part of 66, I was in college in Natchitoches, Louisiana at Northwestern State College. It's called Northwestern State University now. And I wasn't serving the Lord and I was running with the wrong people. And uh, uh, we had an apartment, about four guys had an apartment that had become a casino. And if we had time and if we were sober, we went to class. (laughs) And I wasn't raised that way, but I got uh, running around with the wrong crowd and we gambled all night and they drank. In fact, uh, one of my roommates, his daddy was an extremely wealthy man from Minden, Louisiana, and his father would have the beer truck, Budweiser beer truck. We didn't go to 7-Eleven to buy our beer. The truck delivered it to our apartment. (laughs) Rolled it in on two wheelers, you know, (laughs) because his dad was wealthy and and, uh, he had connections. (laughs) And I wasn't serving the Lord. And on the weekends, we would go to a place called the Blue Fountain Lounge. And they'd have a live band playing rock and roll. And we're over there gambling and this band's playing rock and roll. Later, when I met Jesse and Jesse said he was a rock and roller in high school, had a band, they traveled all over South Louisiana. I said, did you ever come to Natchitoches? He said, oh yeah, all the time. Did you ever play the uh, Fountain Blue Lounge? That's what it was, Fountain Blue Lounge. He said, yeah, on the weekends. I said, Jesse, you and I were in the same room at the same time, both not serving God. And don't you know, God was looking down and saying, if those two boys had any idea what I got planned for them. (laughs) Amen. But see, his mama was praying. My mama was praying. My grandmother was praying. Carolyn, you know, later prayed after we got married and I still wasn't serving the Lord. Families that pray, the devil don't have a chance. Can you say amen? Amen. So don't give up on your children. There was times that Jesse's mama, he'd come come in with some worldly looking girl. (laughs) She'd say, Jesse, why don't you get a Christian? He said, I'm going amongst the Philistines. <laughs> he said, I, I, want, a, I want a Delilah. <laughs> and she'd say, you devil from hell, I'm casting that off of you. <laughs> and praise God, he wound up with Kathy. Hallelujah. Amen. So don't give up on your family. Can you say amen? You decide and then you decree. How many of you have decided... I'm going to live under the blessing. How many of you decide, and my children are going to live under the blessing? Then decree it. Keep decreeing it. Don't say it one time when they look like everything's fine and rosy, and then the next time you see them, they're running from God just as hard and fast. No, you just say, I am not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I hear. I'm moved only by what I believe. And I believe my children serve the Lord. They love God with all their heart. And they're going to live under the blessing. Praise God. Can you say amen? 
Give the Lord a shout if you believe it. Amen. The implication here is you decide, you decree, you use your God-given authority, and God will back you. Amen. Amen. Say it with me. God's blessing is not only on my life, but on my children's life. We will prosper. We will excel. We will multiply. We will increase. In Jesus' name. Amen. Go to Psalm chapter 3 and look at verse 8. Psalm chapter 3 and verse 8. This is all lining up with days of glory. Days of flourishing. Days of abounding. Praise God. Psalm 3 and verse 8. Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon thy people. Selah. The blessing is upon God's people. Are you one of God's people? Then you're not going to be blessed someday in a sweet by and by. You are blessed right now. Hallelujah. And you have every right to expect it to work for you as we've seen it work for Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Amen. I don't hope it's going to be on me one day. It's on me. I know it's on me. I'm convinced that it's on me. I wouldn't have the testimonies I have if it wasn't on me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Psalm 5 and verse 12. For thou, Lord, will bless the righteous. Is there anybody in here who considers themselves, according to the word of God, righteous? I'm the righteousness of God because of what Jesus did at Calvary. So notice he says, the blessing is not only on his people. But then he adds to it, the blessing is on the righteous and we are the righteous. Not only that, but his favor surrounds us. Hallelujah. Well, if it surrounds me, then I have every right to believe that it surrounds my family. Say it with me as boldly as you possibly can. I have have the favor of God God on my life life. and it's on my family as well. And give the Lord a shout, praise God, and thank him for it. Now, Psalm 21, 6. Bible says, let every word be established out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. I'm giving you dozens of witnesses. Here, it says in verse 6. For thou hast made him, speaking of King David. Thou hast made him. I want you to say it this way. Thou hast made me. Most blessed. Hallelujah. I like most blessed. Blessed is good, but most blessed is better. That's like uh, when I first started in the ministry and I'm out preaching in the streets of Shreveport, Louisiana. And uh, I'm just ministering to drug addicts and alcoholics and so forth. And there was a man standing on the corner preaching, a a black gentleman preaching, standing on a, a, a box. He just preached as the traffic went by. So I walked up there and, and, and just listened to him. And he'd look at me every once in a while, but boy, he just kept a preaching. And so he, uh, when he stepped down off the box, he said, you saved? I said, yes, sir, I am. He said, well, I'm a preacher. And the Lord told me, come out in the streets and preach. I said, well, I do the same thing. And uh, I said, are you filled with the Holy Ghost? He said, oh, yeah, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. 
speak in other tongues? He said, oh, you mean the most Holy Ghost. <laughs> I said, yeah, I guess so. I got the most Holy Ghost. Any of you speak in tongues? You got the most Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. I got so tickled about that. Amen. So notice here, he says, thou hast made him or me most blessed. And how long does this last? Forever. I'm most blessed forever. I believe I'll say it whether you do or not. I'm most blessed forever. For the rest of my life, I'm most blessed. Hallelujah. My children are most blessed. The message translation says, you pile blessings on him or me. God piles blessings on us. That means to heap or to stack blessings on us. That sounds like Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse 2. And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee. The message translation says, come down on you and spread out beyond you. Hallelujah. Praise God. In other words, beyond what you can ask or think. David said in one of the other Psalms, Psalm 23, 1, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That's what the blessing will produce. God wants you and your family experiencing the blessing to the level that you do not want. That you're so blessed that you can't consume it all on yourself. You just have to disperse. You just have to, you just have to distribute. Praise God. Yeah, you know, I, had, I had one, and I, I say this as a testimony to God. I had a wonderful experience on this last trip, this motorcycle tour. We, we stopped uh, on the way to a city and had lunch, and there was a Harley dealership right across the road. So we went over to it and looked around for a little while. And uh, everybody's looking at a particular bike, you know. And, and one of our guys that I've known for a long time, I, I've known him for all these years I've been in the ministry. And he was looking at a particular Harley, beautiful Harley, and it was a, it was a used bike. It wasn't brand new, but it was low mileage and had everything added to it, you know, that you'd want on it. And he's sitting on it, and I, I looked at him, and boy, I could tell he liked that bike. Ooh, did he like that bike. So I walked over, and I said, boy, you, you, you uh, found something you like. He said, you remember me asking you years ago, Brother Jerry, how do you know which bike you should get? And he said, you told me it'll jump out at you. He said, this one jumped out at me. <laughs> and uh, he said, boy, this is a nice bike. So I left him with that, and some of the other guys walked around, and he's showing it to them. I walked into the uh, sales guy's office. I said, what do you want for that bike? He said, uh, gave me the price. I said, well, let me, let me ask you something. I know that's retail. This man is a minister, and he ministers to young people all over the world, changing young people's lives. I have greatest respect for him. Would you be able to ask your boss if he considered a lower price for that? He said, well, I said, I want to buy it for him. 
He said, let me go ask. He come back and dropped $5,000 off the price. I said, come on out here with me. So a bunch of the guys are already gathered up around him. And uh, I said, Steve, you like that bike? And I had just preached the night before, God is the God of surprises. I said, Steve. And I told the guys that were with me to say it all at the same time. Surprise. He said, what? I said, that bike belongs to you now. What? Me? This is mine? I've got a picture of his, his expression. Is, and he started crying. And others around him started crying. And, and it was such a blessing to be able to do that for him. And then the salesman, he got weepy. He said, I've never seen anything like this. He said, I, I've sold a lot of bikes, but I never ever had anybody come in and say, I want to bless a friend of mine. And when we got it all settled and paid him for it, and they, they took it outside and they wanted to get a picture of it, that salesman stood there right next to him with a big smile. And, and Steve is leaning on the bike crying. Tears are dropping on the gas tank, you know, and, and that salesman's standing there. And he, he told me later, he said, you guys have made my day. I have never experienced anything like this. It was a blessing. Amen. Now, 49 years ago, I wouldn't have been able to do that. I wouldn't have been able to do that, George. I was looking for how I'm going to feed my family tonight. <laughs> but the Lord. But the blessing. Amen. Amen. The blessing. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. And, and Steve kept telling me, he said, Brother Jerry, I don't know. He must have told me 25 times. Brother Jerry, i just overwhelmed. I, can't, I just can't thank you enough. I said, Steve, I say this with all honesty. I'm more blessed by doing it for you than if somebody had done it for me. I said, that's, that's blessed to be a blessing. And I'm in it, man. Just to see the joy when, when he rode off on that thing. And every time we'd stop, he'd pull up beside me and say, Brother Jerry, I just can't thank you enough. I just can't thank you enough. It was such a joy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. He can hardly wait for next month at the Powell Rally. We can ride up here and show off his new bike. <laughs> he, wrote, he called home and, and called all of his ministry team and sent them pictures. Praise God. It was such a blessing. Amen. That's the blessing at work in your life to the level that you have to distribute and disperse, become a blessing. Hallelujah. So that's not possible with me. Well, it wasn't possible with me 49 years ago, but I saw it in the word. I took it to heart. I decreed it when I didn't have two quarters to rub together. I was decreeing the blessing of God is on me. It's on my family. And there will come a day when we're not only blessed, but we'll be a blessing. And we can distribute. And we can, we can bless other people. We can prevent misfortune in the lives of others. And God has made it happen. And if he'd make it happen for me, he'd make it happen for you, praise God. And many of you in here, you already know what that's like because it's, it's working in your life as well. Can you say Amen. Very quickly, Psalm 68, verse 19. Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits. 
daily. Everybody say daily. daily. Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits, the God of our salvation. Hallelujah. God wants you daily experiencing blessings and benefits. And then Psalm 112, verses 1 through 3. Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delighteth greatly in his commandments. His seed shall be mighty upon the earth. Mighty upon the earth. His seed, your offspring, shall be mighty upon the earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Wealth and riches shall be in his house. Now notice this is God's promise to covenant people. That wealth and riches shall be in your house. Not only that, but your offspring shall be mighty in the earth. Mighty implies great, strong, powerful, important, and influential. Hallelujah. My daughters are influencing people all over the world now, praise God. Hallelujah. That's the promise of God. Can you say amen? So believe it. Decree it. Every day. Don't allow the devil to take over their lives. You have a right to stand in faith for them. 1 Corinthians 7, 14. I'll close with this. The message translation says, Your children are also included in the spiritual purposes of God. My children, they could have chose to go another way if they hadn't been my children. But they're my children. And they're also included in the spiritual purposes of God. Amen. I was destined to preach. My children are destined to preach. I believe I got grandchildren destined to preach. And when them great grandchildren come, some of them will be destined to preach. Amen. Hallelujah. You receive this this morning? Give the Lord another shout. Praise God. Hallelujah.